0: hey everybody welcome back to the combat chain i am your host patrick we must protect brendan fraser at all costs shaw and with me as always is my co-host adam Grinding isn't just for gears. Top fifty or bust, Philip Chuck. Adam, how are you doing today?
1: I I'm doing good, Pat. I'm I'm not gonna lie, I'm struggling to understand the tie between Brendan
0: Fraser and It is it is just a statement. I don't know if you saw. He won the Critics Choice Award for his role in Whale, and he had a speech that if you're if if you get emotional, people, you watch that. It's it's gonna make you cry. Just gonna put it out there right now. He is a saint. He's got he's a tragic life. He deserves the Oscar. Uh-huh. Uh, so if you if you want uh, just an emotional roller coaster, check out the Critics' of Choice Awards acceptance speech. It'll it'll hit you. It'll hit you like a like a ton of emotional uh, bricks <laughs> right in the face. So that's that's what that is. No flab reference there. Just we must pro- we must protect him. Uh, Adam, we've got a Patreon. Best way to support us, uh, in fact. Uh, you can find us at the uh, www.patreon.com thecombatchain and can su- subscribe to us there. It helps us tremendously to keep the lights and mics up and running. If you want to support the pod, get a shout-out on the podcast or even exclusive access to our team-testing channel. Sign up now on the Patreon today, and we want to shout-out uh, our patron in the tier for the shout-out, Clark Jansen. Shout out to you, ProQuest winning Clark Jansen, yeah. opening the gold foil crater fist. Oh, I was so the stoked most, for
1: him when I heard that. That's so appropriate. M-
0: most poetic win of yeah. of all time. Yeah. Uh, in did the he, combat did, chain, I gotta news, know, did he fatigue his way to the top? I have no idea. I got to talk to him about it, but ah, okay. it's, it would be <laughs> it would be par for his course to make everybody's lives miserable on the way <laughs> to just wiping them all out that way. Uh, In other content news, the After Turn 6, a Marvel Snap podcast, is uh, up for Episode 2. It features Adam and Sean Hill uh, talking all things uh, Marvel Snap. And uh, we will be recording, as of right now, tomorrow night. We are sitting down with Carolina Alvarado, Elaine Hammondtree, Logan Peterson, Tommy Fresh, and the Combat Chain to bring you... Bracket Breakpoint 2, Electric Boogaloo. The Goliath Gauntlet 2 is just around the corner. Starts First round starts Friday night. We did a Bracketology special for the first one. We're doing a Bracketology s- special for the second one. Does 983 Media have anything to do with this? No. Are we? Do, did, did they have any idea that we were doing it the first time? No. Does that matter? No. It's content. you got to make it where you can get it. <laughs> uh, so, just there's no right we're just doing it just because why not i mean it's uh,
1: it's good to talk it's it,
0: 983
1: media or not like there's a lot of interesting like aspects to talk about with you know the, those lineups and to see the new uh who's being included in this one that's not in the first uh glide you know exposure for new people we can talk about uh, i think yeah, it's a cool thing sure. to to cover regardless
0: of if we are associated with 983 or not my my favorite part was was after after seeding the right that we seeded the tournament one through eight west and east and then found out afterwards that it was just random uh, they, they didn't <laughs> they didn't seed them at all we still ran with it it's the best all right uh, our guest is waiting in the wings listening to me Babylon but let's bring him out the guest this week is the spiritual and literal successor to Chris Buie and has become the new content manager for LSS which means a bunch of hungry eyeballs in an increasingly growing and competitive space have their eyes on him. Of course, if you don't know him from that, you may know him as Young Bravo, cosplay extraordinaire. Alex Norville, welcome to the Combat Chain.
2: Thanks for having me. Yeah, It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Uh, thanks for coming on. I appreciate uh, you giving us the time. You are our first LSS employee, and uh, we appreciate nope, that. No, that's not true. We've had... Uh... Oh, Gottlieb, Gottlieb. You're Gottlieb, talking Gottlieb. Yeah, Brian yeah, Gottlieb. Brian. Go. Yeah. He's, a, yeah, we... he's, he's a Are you a contractor? He's a contractor. Is that? Is You're that... He's in New Zealand at the moment, actually. Is he? He's Ooh. in the office. So yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. fantastic. All right. I'll give God, Gottlieb gets half credit.
1: <laughs>
0: All right. <laughs> so uh, before we get into the interview questions, I feel like uh, there's a lot of good games played lately. Alex, have you played any? good games of flesh and blood lately
2: i don't think i've played a game since i got back to the office in on the 9th of january i've been like flat out uh doing things so i haven't played a game but we do have a office uh pitts blitz league that we uh have played a few times and we're starting that up next week so i'm definitely going to be playing a few a few lunchtime games with the crew um, and yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. The last pits blitz league, I was playing Benji, which was um, yeah, very interesting with uh, some of the new cards from from Dynasty. So um, yeah, it's been it's been fun. I won a game where I was losing the whole thing, and won on a double Vipox at the end when I had four <laughs> cards in hand and couldn't block it. So I was pretty you know pretty happy with that. But yeah, now you, you you're saying pits. Blitz, like the pits, like the six heroes that were announced from Outsiders. Oh, so we're not actually playing, oh yeah, I should probably uh, give a bit of context. We're not playing um, like the actual Outsiders uh, Pits uh, set of heroes. We're basically two sides of the office. One is for the devs and that is like locked up. You cannot get in there without a key card uh, in case you mm-hmm. spoil any secrets. And then there's our side, which is, you know, account management, um, marketing ops, that sort of stuff. And we sort of are affectionately called the pits. So. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Yeah, all right.
0: Yeah. I like <laughs> yeah, that. So, I like it.
2: Yeah, it wouldn't be um it wouldn't be too fair if we were uh, sort of playing against the devs, you know, for our our casual games. So um, even even Newson, who sort of like formerly did uh, development work, he he's like wipes the floor every time we include him in the league. So yeah, it's um it's a good bit of fun between all of us. Excellent,
0: excellent, Adam. I know you played some games. So why don't you break it down for us?
1: Yeah, had a had a pro quest this weekend. Uh, headed down to Calgary, uh, three hours south of where I am, and uh, sleeved up. Icelander for uh, a forty person ProQuest. Um, actually, friend of the friend of the pod and member of Team Combat Chain, Andrew Podleski took down that pro quest, going nine and zero on Viserai.
0: Ooh, you know what? He's he, he handles that hero quite well. He He's been winning proquests on it seems like for a very long time now,
1: yeah, this is uh, I think this is his second viscerai win, um so yeah, he had a great yeah he had a great weekend, opened a uh, cold foil metacarpus nodes, very Ooh. very spicy uh, very spicy um gold foil to uh, to see there uh, yeah, I went three and three on the weekend um had i my in, in game uh, round two, I made a critical mistake that uh, I, p- opened me up to getting double blazing by a Kano. And uh, then after that, <clears throat> we needed to rally on uh, round four to have a shot at um, at, at top eight. And uh, we had a super close match against a Briar. And uh, in the end, he uh, went for it when he had a blue in hand, and I was banking on him not having the blue because it's Briar. And yeah, so. Uh, you know, at, uh, at the end of the day, uh, in the race for, uh, for the, 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 Baltimore invite, uh, I'm as of today, 47th in lifetime. So if I can just keep my XP production up, I'm, I, I, oh. I think I'm, I'm in for Baltimore and that's, you know, would it be nice to, to get another gold foil? Absolutely. But we, we don't need it. Um, we have another, another means of, of being able to play in pro tier three.
0: You think you could you could uh, elicit the assistance of extremely nice Canadian mobsters to take care of the bottom three uh, of the top fifty for <laughs> <laughs> you? <know what>? It's, <laughs> it's more than to less.
1: It's more than the bottom. It's it's pretty much uh, from fiftieth to like yeah forty first to fiftieth. The point race is like. Ten, fifteen—it's a ten, fifteen-point spread across all of them. So it's—it is so tight. Right.
0: So you'd really, really have to get some serious wet work in in order to clear the field for you. Fair I don't enough. Want fair that enough. Blood on my conscience. No, no. Oh, it's already so dark. It's so dark. I've been playing a lot of Flesh and Blood lately. I, you know what? I—I I feel like I—I uh I took the time off. Right? I U.S. Nats happened, and I said, eh, "I'm I'm good." Right. and then uh, and then Dynasty came out, and I was like, "Ooh, like arachne, let's let's do this." So uh, this past I guess thirty or so days at this point now, i've been I've been playing in a couple leagues across the last few months. I've been building decks. I've been putting a lot of things together. This month I'm running uh, Dorinthia Iron Song and I am shamelessly jacking uh, John Warden Flukenbox's uh, list that he posted on his YouTube channel. He has like a he had a Dorinthia build off with uh, with his buddy uh, phil there and uh, of the two builds uh, i chose i chose flukes and it runs helm of the sharp eye right eye of aphidia which i may or may not have gotten specifically for this deck <laughs> uh <laughs> and it runs uh red strokes and blue strokes right to all synergize uh with the helm and i was still a little iffy on it until last week I don't know if I. I don't. I didn't think I told you this in private. Last week, I played a game in one of my leagues here. And I went Steelblade Supremacy, Dawnblade for five. Uh, no no defense. React with a stroke of foresight. No no reprise. Uh, needed. So it was at eight, right? Which means Helm is online. I need to hit something in order to, like, really clamp down tempo and seal the game for me. So stroke helm blind uh banish a run through off the top Mm. and it was just such a just a just a big big dorinthia energy moment there and (laughs) i was able to play that off the top and and continue the turn drew a bunch of cards and really really sealed the win i was like you know what this is pretty good and i will say you know there's a lot of good warrior players out there but pound for pound both bang for my buck uh, Fluke is is my favorite with an internet connection. My first favorite is Oscar Cruz, Norwegian champion of 2021. But uh, Fluke's decks have gotten me the most success. So run a lot of Fluke, uh, uh, Dorinthia and Arachne, uh, the fatigue assassin list that is featured on our combat chain uh, YouTube page. Uh, so check that out. But it's it's a good one, polarizing matchups though. For that, um, I'm gonna start pivoting here into like an aggressive ish build in anticipation that outsiders will allow a little more aggression in the assassin we'll see yeah, how that I'm,
1: works out the stealth tr- the stealth keyword i'm very curious about it i wonder if it's going to be some mm-hmm. sort of like my, my gut tells me it's like a, a, an evasion type thing like menace in uh-huh. in in magic if we dare say the the forbidden word uh um, dare you <laughs> but I, I i think more evasion type things uh, for assassin could be really cool you know just Things your opponent has mm-hmm. to get creative to to find ways to deal with, or ways that the assassin can sneak through crippling on hits that could maybe make mm-hmm. it. Yeah, who knows what?
0: Well, look, outsiders has a lot of hybrid things going on. Just right, hear me out. Ninja likes to banish things. Maybe maybe assassin likes to banish things uh, a little bit. Maybe we're playing. We assassin is banishing. Uh, its opponents, uh, ninja seems to like to banish, you know, for its own, uh, benefit here, uh, with a certain mechanics. Uh, ranger has, uh, arrow attacks that, uh, you know, restrict your opponent's ability to to interact and get a hit. Perhaps stealth is the assassin version yeah. of something like that. Maybe you'll have an assassin ranger attack with stealth. Huh? Huh? Just saying. Just saying. All right. Um, Those are games this week. A quick glimpse at uh, PQ PQ season uh, week one here, guys. Uh, It seems like it's either Ice Heroes or one, uh, uh, a top eight with eight different heroes on it. I haven't seen, I feel like I haven't seen uh, anything but either of those. It's either Icelander, Oldham, half and half, or a whole smorgasbord of different heroes. Uh, Alex, what what have you thought of the first week of ProQuest season?
2: It's been interesting to see. i Like, I mean, like you mentioned, it, it's sort of like weirdly split like that, right? Like, it is either all ice, or you know, there's there's sort of mix of heroes. I mean, if you're going off some of the battle-hardened results, it seems pretty icy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I mean, there's like no question that ice heroes are are strong heroes in the meta, but. I think it's it's good to see you know a, a variety of heroes actually taking out these pro quests so sort of maybe hopefully uh, someone does a, a good meta analysis uh, you know on the on the fab tcg uh, website soon about it so we can um yeah see see i guess where if there's any like correlation it's always interesting like i find it interesting geographically seeing the metas and seeing how different metas have different heroes that and to dominate because I'm like, how do you explain that? You know, is that just what people are, what different you know, communities like to play and then practice into and maybe you know develop their their sort of strategies there? But it's uh, yeah, it is interesting to see like geographical differences and in, in metas. So it'll be, yeah, it'll be cool to sort of get a, a broader overview of it. Um, if someone goes and dives deep,
0: indeed, indeed. And uh, I do believe it, it was. It was publicly announced. Uh, uh, but we we do have Parker Brown, a.k.a. Breezy, uh, coming on next week. And by that time, he will have two weeks worth of ProQuest meta-analysis under his belt. And we are going to poke and prod him for all the information that we can out of uh, this current ProQuest season. and See what we can extrapolate uh here given a given a few minutes to soak it all in and uh i'm gonna keep he has she has not confirmed but we we hope to get mrs breezy on uh as well and i'm gonna keep keep annoying her until until she gets on here so the the uh the browns should be on next week uh to to talk to talk pro quest analysis adam you you uh, you said Viserai won yours. What, what, what's your first impressions here on week one? Are you, do you think you you would stick with Iceland or are you going to pivot? How, what are your thoughts?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, to Alex's point, uh, it, it is really interesting how depending where we look uh, globally, we we do see different metas emerge. Uh, I can say in my local meta, um, I don't know if Icelander I icelander is a very very strong deck but icelander is also a you have to be so on your game and every single decision has to be perfectly executed like though especially if we're looking at you know hamilton's Bullander list it's it is every exchange in resource whether that be life uh, a card uh what have you is is meticulously made so that you're you're just coming out just a little bit more ahead, and if you play that game that that deck very efficiently and very consistently you you will find a lot of success on it um after playing it this weekend competitively um i I came to this realization that you know i yes i I can play the deck well, but just playing it consistently across a localized meta where you, you you don't necessarily know what to expect it's um it can be a bit of a crapshoot i can say there was one match i played where i i i, I played against the a, a dromai that like dromai just right from the bat has a, a good matchup into uh into icelander but to add uh, salt to the wound uh this deck was deliberately teched to beat icelander uh featuring things like oasis respite and uh mm-hmm. sand covers and uh safe to say i uh i think he was still at 26 when i <laughs> Oof. Yeah, yeah yeah it was um it, it it was a bit of a slaughter and i just i, I think moving you know moving into uh to week two of pro Quest, i have a better shot on viscerai just because um i i know I mean, what you i got,
0: you've got some viscerai chops
1: i yeah um that's that's what people say i uh i have known some some success on the hero for sure uh you
0: you literally won a pro quest with (laughs) viscera
1: yeah and he uh and and you know what nat's uh 11th and nationals uh i I put a lot of credit Uh on on viscera getting me there um mind you you, you had to play across um play uprising draft as well and uh uh so you, you had to be good mm-hmm. across both mm-hmm. formats but um yeah no viscerai certainly uh put in a lot of work to to help me get that result so i think if i evaluate which deck or not evaluate, if, if i compare which deck i'm stronger on i think uh, viscerai is is the, is the right choice for um for for this following pro quest and right. um how that factors in into like the the global meta is tough to say um but for a local, or at least our locals, I think it's it's a good
0: choice. It's a great place to start is local. All right, let's get into the good stuff. The interview questions. Alex, no one escapes the origin story. So we got to ask, who are you? And how the hell did you get here? How did you find Flesh and Blood?
2: Yeah, so, um, I mean, interestingly, I I found Flesh and Blood through through a temp agency honestly like hadn't hadn't played the game hadn't um yeah I, I honestly like full full disclosure I did not have a background in trading card games I had not um you know a lot of people they come from other trading card games but me personally never at all I don't think I'd ever, ever like stepped foot in a game store so I uh, sort of got out of university um and sort of went through this like period of Feeling a little bit like, ah, do I really want to get into the whole like corporate game of things? Like I studied business, uh, international business, economics, and French, so I was sort of like heading heading into well, that route. And, I, and right. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I, you know, I was, but I was sort of indecisive. I was like, ah, I'm sort of feeling a little bit like ah, I don't really know what I want to do. Um, and I was like, well, I I probably should just, you know, get a job, especially, you know, so I can pay my rent and everything like that. Um, went through a temp agency and they were like, Hey, there's this uh, New Zealand company. They sell their product all around the world. Um, and they're actually looking for someone to help out, uh, with their French market, like someone who speaks French to talk to the stores. And this was like. I want to say July, 2021. So, you know, the French flesh and blood scene has grown significantly since then. But um, originally I came on as an account manager. So, you know, helping uh, work with local game stores, get them their armory kits, get them their product, you know, sort of be like the contact for LSS them and then working with the distributors and and all that sort of stuff. Um, And specifically because I, I speak French, I sort of came on to help grow our you know, the amount of stores that we had in France. Um, and I did that for a little while. And then we actually had a French guy who came on. So I moved to the North American market um, as an account manager there, working with local game stores uh, for about a year or more, up until basically just the start of this year. I, um, yeah, went to... Went to Worlds, um, well, I sort of had the opportunity to go to the States and visit some stores, uh, go to the Battle Hardens and things like that and, um, get some sort of filming content, uh, together. So now that's sort of how I've transitioned into, um, my current role, which is content creator manager, um, with, I'm sort of got a few more uh, broader marketing responsibilities as well, but that's sort of the general transition. It's like gotten on the business side, started just, you know, that's how I got into fab. That's how I learned about this whole industry. Um, so yeah, it was, it's been a very like interesting ride. Um, super fun actually. Um. But uh, yeah, I guess that's sort of how I came into the company, and um, yeah, a mixture of a few different things has sort of put me in the role that I'm in now.
0: That's a lot. <laughs> I, you know what? What I got? I got hung up on the uh, on the educational background. I I'm a I'm a two time college dropout. So anytime someone starts listening like multiples on me, I'm just ah, that's so, so much. <laughs> it's so much education. That's, that's, uh, that's terrific. You know what? I, I, I honestly, I, I, I know, I know of you as right. The Bravo picture, but I, mm-hmm. and I know you've been a, a part of the community for a little bit, but no, mm-hmm. you know, no idea. So it's, it's incredibly uh, intriguing. Um, content, 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 creator, manager, content manager.
2: Uh, currently content creator manager. So it's, okay. a, it's a bit of a, so you, it's, it's a funny thing with the titles, you know, like, like content managers it can maybe be a bit broader than, you know, mm-hmm. that might involve like, for example, I don't do, I do certain articles on the website, but not the majority of them. Um, sure. so, you know, content, it, it gets a little bit confusing, you know, you gotta be, where to like, oh, say, I will just keep it pretty specific to, sure. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. But, well, yeah.
0: it is, uh content creator manager is a unique position and LSS is a special company when it comes to its relationship with its content creators. You were hired for the position for a reason. What was it about the position that enticed you? And what are you bringing to the table that made LSS say, yes, Alex is the guy we want there.
2: Yeah. So um, I sort of started to get more, I guess, involved in the, in the flesh and blood, I guess, like, create a scene like looking at you know started watching more youtube videos about it i mean prior to probably for the first six months being an account manager it was like pretty strictly like strictly business you know i wasn't looking too much into into the rest of the game like i, I played the game and everything like that but it wasn't um i hadn't really gotten so involved with it and i started going to um like armor events and things and i started getting more um involved in like Figuring out more about the community and like, how can we get more people actually playing the game? Cause it's a really good game. And once I started okay. playing it properly and figuring out like, and being like, oh, this is actually really fun considering I'd never, you know, played a trading card game before. Once I was sort of, I guess, hooked by it, I wanted to just keep growing the game. And, um, I sort of figured like, you know, one of the best things that I could do is help grow the game more of, I guess, in the... I was doing a lot on the uh, B2B side, you know, working with game stores, trying to make things as easy as possible to get them to do, um, you know, to to actually get the the product in, run their tournaments and everything like that. Um, But I was ringing up some stores and, you know, just sort of talking to them and they're like, yeah, like there's just, a local scene, you know, there's there's a few people, but it might, but, you know, there's not a giant amount of people actually coming in and saying like, yeah, I want to play fab. I mean, bearing in mind, this is, a little a little while ago it might have changed since then but i was sort of noticing that and i thought to myself like man we probably could do some better like player facing advertising, you know, like some, some more marketing on that end. And obviously like the content creators are a big part of that. And I just started putting like ideas forward to, um, sort of my bosses about things that we could do. Um, and then having this opportunity to go to the States, um, actually went uh, and visited like the, the realm games, they hosted a battle heart and they're doing like a big, uh, sort of series Uh now. And I'd, I'd gotten pretty close with them, uh, through the account management side of things. Um, and yeah they were like hey come along to our tournament like, yeah, sure right and so planned this sort of whole big uh, thing out and because I was getting involved with the um, with the community you know I was like I'm just going to cosplay like I'm going to the states I'm just going to throw cosplay on for these, for these tournaments I started meeting people and everyone's telling me all these stories about how you know how much this game has impacted their life and everything like that and also just hanging out with, their, with everyone was so fun that I was I'm like this is definitely something I'd like to get more involved with Um, and it sort of coincided also, I mean, Chris, uh, Chris Bewley, he was sort of looking to follow another, um, another sort of passion of his, which was, uh, teaching. So yeah, there was sort of a a lot of coincidences sort of came together around about like November last year, um, which sort of pushed me further into, you know, into this role to the point that I'm at, uh, here now. And I mean, you know, my, my background isn't necessarily, I think where, what i sort of bring to the table is lss is uh you know still a business and we still have marketing that we need to do um and we want to work with our creators so what i hope to bring is like the alignment of sort of like creator and company strategies to get all the resources that we can provide to creators to help them level up their you know sort of production and their game and keep getting more players into the game, like keep growing communities um, and sort of working on like keeping everything cohesive, right? Like putting out clear communication, doing what we can to to help creators to keep growing their own channels and also, you know, in turn bringing more new players into the game. So yeah, that's, that's more or less how that all came about.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Um, what is... Uh, what is the relationship between the content? You're the content creator manager. Do you have, is there a team? Is is it, is it you in a, in a, in a separate section of the office with a,
2: a we have sort of of like our content slash marketing team who all sort of handle different responsibilities, but I'm like the primary person for anything like content creator related. So, um, Yeah, I'm doing a, quite a few uh, other mark, like general marketing projects at the moment, but for mm-hmm. all the content creator stuff. So, like, I mean, I'm handling like the content creator registration form, the database, you know, looking at mm-hmm. um, like previous season, for example, like things, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, anytime that we're collaborating with creators, uh, I guess the the first thing that I actually got started with was the ProQuest Gauntlet series. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been working with Manson on. Um, yeah, on that, we've put out the first two, two videos on the flesh and blood YouTube channel. So, you know, mm-hmm. like basically commissioning creators to, to work, uh, with us in, in, I guess, like whether it's in the video capacity, um, primarily video capacity in all honesty for, for the sort of stuff that I'm doing, um, for articles and things like that. We have our, uh, website, uh, manager who, who does the majority of that. Um, but yeah, just basically anything, anything that we can at the moment, um, I'm trying to put together a bunch of like assets, uh, like digital assets, um, that we can get out to creators. So, I mean, like we have the marketing assets page on the flesh and blood website, which is already a really great resource. Like all the art on there, all the logos, all that sort of stuff, you know, you can go get that and, um, and use that. But I'm sort of like, you know, the, the way that things are trending like video content is sort of the big thing, right? Like video, audio, that, that sort of stuff. Um, so mm-hmm. I don't know if you've, you've seen like the latest flesh and blood animation for the logo, um, on some of the videos that we've sort of put out, but that was one of the projects that I was working on getting that done okay. um, and some All other right. things just so, yeah, we can sort of get it out and just like up the professionalism up the quality, you know, really just like, put it out there and, and show that we're not just a small little company from, from New Zealand going up against these, you know, massive like billion dollar industry, you know, like competitors where we're really, you know, we're, we're sort of we've built ourselves up quite a bit. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what is, uh,
0: what is the relationship between you and, and, uh, and your team and, and the rest of LSS? How much do you interact with the, with, James White, the development team behind Lock and Key. How does how does that those interactions uh, work?
2: Yeah, so I mean, the dev anything development-wise, like game development-wise, is all pretty like they're in their own area, and we don't mm-hmm. go there. We don't have anything to do with that. Um, so, I mean, James, I interact with quite a bit. Um, like I'm going to be working with him, uh, on previous season and, and things like that. Um, the rest of the team, like, so we have the OP team, which is where I was originally as an account manager. So I'll be collaborating with them quite a bit, um, oh. you know, for event marketing, um, and you know, all, all of that good stuff. So there's I've pretty fair. I think we're quite a, we're still quite a small team, I think, relative to the sort of scale of, of what we're doing. I mean, we've expanded quite a bit since I joined, um, but yeah, there's there's definitely um, people wearing multiple hats for sure. Um, sure. So which I which guess, is good. I mean, it sort of allows us to be flexible as well, um, and like can react quite well to, to things. And I think we've yeah sort of shown that um, over the past couple of years because we don't maybe have that same sort of like organizational like bloat that you can get when you start getting lots and lots of layers and, and sign offs that need to happen for for mm-hmm. things to get done. Um, but yeah, it's certainly a very busy office. You know, where we we never have nothing to do. <laughs> so yeah, you know,
0: and uh, the, exactly the turn of phrase that I was I was thinking of is is you you are wearing many hats, uh, and and that's that's I I, I can appreciate that I, from a small company does a, a not the same thing, but we wear many hats where I work mm-hmm. as well. Um, I want to know. Uh, you know, a little, little abstract. I know you can't, you can't spill all the beans here. But what is, what is your vision here for flesh and blood content in 2023, and how is your team and LSS uh, looking to fit into the lives here of the content creators in the space?
2: Yeah. So I think for me personally, the biggest thing that I um sort of. Well, one of my one of my goals was to increase the level of like. I guess just collaboration between us and the creators, right? So, um, even if that's in the form of like guidance and in terms of like, what sort of content we want, uh, you know, creators to be looking at, you know, so that it's like cohesive because there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of moving parts with sort of this business, right? There's the OP side of things. There's all the events. Um, there's the actual set releases. There's a lot of things that are really effective when they're all coordinated. Um, And that's goes and you know content creators and their content is is a part of is a part of that process Um, So upping that sort of level of communication where I can start sort of regularly You know putting things out to creators and say like hey guys This is what we're talking about in LSS at the moment This is sort of things that we think are, are good spaces or good topics to be talking about um that's sort of like one goal the second goal is just helping with whatever resources and assets we can to up everyone's like production quality so like i said all that all those animations um you know any anything that we can do i mean i'm putting together sort of packages now we're trying to get like things together to make it uh really easy for people to start streaming like their own local ProQuest or something and have a like cohesive sort of um look to all those streams you know it's like we're still a new company, and it's still sort of—I mean, when you compare it to the rest of, uh, I guess, content creators out there on YouTube for other big, you know, big things like esports and and other things that might have a bit more sort of, you know, resources behind them. Um, It's like, well, I want to do whatever we can to facilitate us getting to that sort of level of production so that, you know, when people get eyes on some flesh and blood content, they're like, oh, wow, like this is this is this looks cool. Like this is something I want to get into because we're in like an attention economy. Right. So it's like if your stuff isn't isn't like generating interest within, you know, so much within like the first 10 seconds uh, and a part and a big part of that is the quality of what it looks like. Then you know it doesn't take a lot for someone to like move to the next thing because they got a million things that they can be looking at. So you know when you're fighting for attention, whatever we can do to help creators you know keep and retain that attention on on their content is is going to be beneficial for everyone.
0: Now uh, they just released the right, kind of the roadmap of organized play for 2023. Is is does does content have a similarly planned roadmap uh out there how how far ahead are you uh, are you thinking here uh, when it comes to executing your plan
2: yeah um it's sort of a it's a hard one to manage because a lot of i think what we do revolves around like set releases um Mm -hmm. which are obviously very like you know i i have i have details on outsiders and like in terms of like actual, a lot of details on, on things for it mm-hmm. in the future, not enough to make a, to make a plan right now. Um, mm-hmm. so there's, it can be a, maybe it can be a little bit difficult to get a yearly plan. I mean, that's sort of something I'm starting to work on right now is, is putting yep. that sort of thing together and like developing a strategy. Um, so that's sort of, I guess you could say that's in the works. Um, it's, yeah, I, I would like to get to a point where, you know, we have everything so lined up that I can look at like a, like a board and, and know exactly what's going to happen when, but it's like when you, you, that all sounds great, but that also has to line up with the actual, like physical product logistics because we're a physical product. It's mm-hmm, hard cool. to, to set dates for things because like, you know, you got a, a virtual game or something. You, the majority of the time, once you've got it and it's made, you can sort of like put it out there, right? You don't have to worry about if, if a shipping company is going to get it to your sure. your customer on time. It's like, as soon as it's ready, you can put it out. So a lot of the reason that things sort of take maybe longer than people would expect to do is just because we have to build things in with so much lead time just because of how, how much time it takes to actually get the product made um and then once it's like okay now we can confirm these things now we can start envisioning you know the rest of the marketing side of it and the creator you know where the creators fit into that so it's something where you know we're like every year we're getting better right it's um and like i said the game yeah well the game's only been around for three years so we're still building on all of these things that you know we would like to do um but Yeah, I mean, creators play a very important role. I think starting with the sort of things that I mentioned earlier about what I want to do is great. And then uh, like tying into that, um, into the collaboration side is like uh, the lore pieces, you know, like flesh and blood has a very, like sort of a great IP and pretty deep lore. And I think that's something that I'd like to see put out there more, but obviously that's on us to be able to get those sorts of things and communicate that to creators so that they can integrate it into their content. which also ties back to, you know, it's all it's a, a lot of it's like set release type of things, thematic things. Sure, sure. Um, you know. I mean like previous season and is a good opportunity for us to try tie thematic things into like the, the content that's going out there. I mean like I guess but it's also like I said, that getting that and then the physical product and then that physical product has to be a good product that is playable. All of that is like quite hard to, to tie together. So yeah. Um, sure. Yeah, like, I mean, we sort of did it last uh, with Dynasty season with the whole, like, Regicide, the Emperor's Dead sort of thing, like, those mm-hmm. uh, those sort of drops. So it's like, I'd like to do more stuff like that, but I'd like to also start getting creators, like, working with them in advance to prepare these pieces of content and really, like, build a story into the releasing of sets or, you know, in even coordinating that with different events and things. Um, we've got some pretty exciting things, like, lined up, but yeah, it's all... But it all has to stay like fairly, fairly secretive as well, so it's a, it's supposed to work in. That is perfectly fair.
0: And You bring up that the the regicide. Uh, release right the everything everything gearing towards towards the emperor and dynasty and then right right around the right the finale there the assassin comes killing killing the emperor Mm -hmm. right huge that i think that was really well executed uh and that came with a lot of fanfare and adam we talked last week about um right what are the ninjas doing in the pits and it was brought to my specific attention that uh, i had i had mentioned that katsu was leaving Mysteria because of some negative energy it is a literal sickness and what, does, what do what are the pits have he's in sickness of a cure. that the, makes sense there's three there's three so the lore the tying in is just those little nuggets right it it feels like you mentioned that the lore is there right and it's deep uh but it does feel like it's you know we don't know everything right the 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 story is not fleshed out right uh, so to speak but i got for i gotta imagine that there's there's a lot more to it that is going to coincide with the releases but when it comes to that kind of like you know you you have a tie-in from the lore book into the and it's just like a little the littlest nugget and the smart people who pay attention just bring those out and when you realize that there the dots are in fact being connected though it just comes off like so good when that uh when something like that happens um all right the first community question uh is one we definitely expected but it's still an important one to bring up i know that we speak for tons of creators here when we ask this question uh chris buley was on living legends not long ago and that episode was a bit of a reality check for a lot of people uh in this space so the question is how can a content creator get noticed and recognized by you slash LSS and are there steps besides the content creator form? And, uh, I'm going to follow this quickly. Um, cause I, we did learn some stuff about, uh, about, uh, about what it means to fill out that form and such. So I, uh, i specifically asked, let's talk about the form first and what it is and what it isn't. And, uh, And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll start with that.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, the form itself is sort of like your most basic uh, type of like it's, It's essentially to get you in the database. So when we go and we want to do a project and we're looking for creators to use, I mean, that's the first point. That's the first place I look at, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's people that have registered that they're interested in doing it. And it's a place where we can sort of have, you know, the contact details and you can put like what channels you're sort of on, uh, what platforms and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's a, it's very much, and, and that is more or less the entire, like, that's that's all it is. Right. It doesn't yeah. um, it, it's there so that we can I, I can go look at it and I'm thinking, OK, I want to do a, a YouTube series or we're looking at trying to do some live streams. So I'm going to go look at people who have got like Twitch registered as a as a platform they're on or we want to do this campaign. It's like I'm going to look at this list and filter by the by what we want to do and where we want to put it. Um, so getting on there is just really, it's it's keeping you on, on the radar and it's allowing you to explain a bit about um, this sort of content that you do. Um, the reality is right now, like there's a lot of content creators coming into the flesh and blood space uh, compared to what it was before. So, you know, being able to have like eyes on every single thing that is happening. Like, if I had to watch every YouTube video that went out from every content creator every every day like i wouldn't get any work done because i'd be you know i just i would just have too much things to watch so it's um for me it's coming back to like look at it almost from a um i sort of take a, a, almost like a business sort of approach to it where it's like what is your content what are you focusing on what's your like point of differentiation right like what's your sort of strategic advantages like if if like we want to do something for new players then i'm going to be looking at content that you know is digestible for new players i'm not looking at like the most competitive dick tech people out there because that's not the person that i want to use for a new player focused piece of content so it's like i think for a creator the first step is like sort of taking a step back and thinking like, okay, what is my, like, what am I focusing on? You know, like those, those points that I mentioned before um, and what are the sort of spaces that I inhibit and what is my audience distilling that sort of information in a way that I can look at your sort of profile or whatever um, or your channel or, or anything like that. And I mean, you can always email us as well to sort of explain that. Um, and you know, help give me a better idea of, of of what your focus is. Um, that all helps sort of get you on the radar for us to collaborate with you. Because at the end of the day, like I've still, I've got a million other things that I need to do. So when I want to collaborate with someone, I want to be like, okay, here's someone that I know that I can work with. And I, I can see that their production quality is good enough to like feature on you know, to, to feature on like the fab channel, for example, or something like that. Um, they're gonna be like timely and, and, you know, communicative and it's not gonna be like a headache, like trying to get something done with them when I have everything else that I have to do as well. You know what I mean? So, and then, like I said, defining sort of who you are, what you do, what your goals are and your like audience and your sort of strategic advantages and things like that, or points of differentiation that stuff all helps as well. Like in the selection process, um, like as for the actual form itself, I don't, I think it's essentially, um, pretty much allows you to, to do that. It's like, yeah, you sort of name your URL, um, and then a description. And if you put all that stuff in that I sort of mentioned, um, then that helps a lot. Um, and then, yeah, the platforms that you're on, that's pretty much sort of the the purpose of the the content creator registration form. Um, and then there's other other sort of things that I mentioned are just what helps w- when it comes to my decision process of like what creators I'm going to be looking at. Um, and obviously, and it's not one that, uh, like it's not something that it doesn't like feel nice to say it because it it's sort of, um, we know that content creators are still trying to grow and everything like that, but it's also like, what's your reach? You know, like, what, how many people are you actually reaching with your content right now is a factor we have to consider because, you know, if, if someone comes along and they've got like 10 subscribers and no one knows who they are realistically, it's like, we can't, be like, hey, come on, jump on the Flesh and Blood channel, you know? So it's a bit of, yeah, it's a bit of everything. Like, we wanna, we wanna be as, as supportive as we can. Um, that yeah, what we do has to, and, and the creators that we work with also has to like line up with the goals we're trying to achieve with whatever campaign we're we're running. Um, so yeah, very good, very good. All right, all right.
0: Um, I think that kind of I, I think that sums it up nicely. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's move away from uh, uh, content and get into cosplay. I'll tell you <laughs> what I. I thought I was gonna get uh, a lot. <laughs> I knew I was gonna get a few questions. Uh, I thought they were gonna skew one way, but they skewed a completely different way. And uh, people love uh, Young Bravo, uh, and 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 you I, I, you you have made an impact uh, with it. So uh i for why young bravo did why young bravo when did it actually debut did it debut in ohio um tell me about young the the evolution here have you cosplayed as other heroes before tell me your cosplay like history here
2: yeah, I mean, so my cosplay history is I've cosplayed uh, twice, <laughs> and that was at, in Ohio for the Battle Hardened and yep. at Worlds. Uh, and it was both both Young Bravo. Um, it was something I wanted to do because I was like, I'm in the States, I'm going to these tournaments, and, you know, I want to have – I want to, I just want to do it. It's going to be fun. Young Bravo was uh, the first hero I ever played. Um, like, full, I played Blitz the majority of the time, um, in uh-huh, all honesty, uh-huh. because it's just – it's
0: quick. Yeah, it's easy, a great it's format.
2: format. And I'm, I'm a casual player by, you know, by all means. Um, so yeah, it's like I, Young Bravo is, is the hero that I've played the most. He sort of got me into, um, into the game properly because it was like the first deck I ever actually built. Um, mm-hmm. and that was when I was like, and that was like a lot of fun for me. That sort of like hooked me in, um, where I didn't expect it to. Cause it sort of seems like laborious at first. You're like, Oh God, like, Oh, look at all these cards. I have to go and like, you know, like figure out and buy and, and put together. But then once you get into it, it's sort of like, Oh man, like I'm, I'm having too much fun with this. And, and you know, I've got emails I need to send. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, that, that was really cool. I've got that sort of connection with, with young Bravo there. Um, And, yeah, I was just like, well, this is a cosplay I could pull off in a relatively short period of time as well because, you know, it's not like I have to do, like, or or any, you know, or, like, Levi or anything that's going to require a massive level of production. And, I mean, even my young Bravo cosplay was, by all means, like, I like thrown together like it took I have so much respect for cosplayers because it took me so much time just to put together that which was like as basic as it gets in terms of like you know I didn't really the, the the biggest thing I had to make was the vest and I just bought the vest and then cut holes in it and like tied a rope, you know, for it. And I actually had like Elaine Hammondtree pretty much do that for me <laughs> at the, at the, uh-huh. um, at the battle hut in, in Ohio. So, you know, it was like, it, it takes a lot of time. So, you know, when you see those crazy cosplayers and, and all the insane sort of work that goes into that, it's like, man, that is a, that's a labor of love. Cause yeah, it is very, very time consuming. But um, that's the only time I've done the cosplay. It was primarily because I wanted to do it while while I was in the states. I thought it'd be a bit of fun, cool way to interact with the community and everything like that. And um, yeah, that's and that's why it's Young Bravo. So we
0: have some community questions here, and they they're they're cosplay heavy. So Elaine, had you mentioned helped helped you in Battle said, Hard and Hard and Hard. So Do you plan to do any more cosplays in the future?
2: I would love to. I think it's a it's a lot of fun. Um it sort of depends on like Yeah, it's it's circumstance dependent. I would love to. Um if I have the the time to uh put it all together, then yeah, it's certainly something I'd I'd like to look into. At the same time, though, I also like yeah. I don't know. I'd like, I also like other, like I'd like to help other, cons, uh, cosplayers and stuff, you know, get, get noticed more or, or recognize more. Like, I feel like if I go to an event, I'm sort of in a position now where I'm, I'm like the guy behind the camera, you know, I'm the guy like, sure, like sure. helping, helping promote, you know, them and, and, and everything like that. Um, it was a bit of fun for me to do and I'll probably, I'll probably end up doing it again. Um, at some point, um, yeah, I just don't know if it'll be like necessarily my my biggest priority unless I just have the time time to do it. But for something for for sort of special events and things like that, I'll probably throw it on. Um, you know, maybe right. people people were saying like you know I'm looking I'm hoping for star of the show next time. So you know maybe if that's my evolution, then I'll I'll, I'll do something like that. But fair yeah. enough, fair enough. Uh, f- follow up here.
0: Uh, Mara of Blackwing Studios asks more cosplay bravo picks when and i take that to mean that uh uh you should do a a professional quality photo shoot I i don't know how how much how much of your bravo you would show with that but uh i get the impression that they they would want to
2: see as much bravo as you're willing to give (laughs) I mean, I (laughs) I had a few, uh, I had a few photos um, taken sort of like when I was at Worlds, I was so busy with, um, we had like a film crew there actually. So I was uh, sort of the one uh, sort of helping run them around. Um, And so I sort of had, I was like, you know, I'll jump in for the cosplay. Uh, I'll jump in for a couple of photos whenever I could. Um, and we did a little, little cosplay shoot with some, some people, which was, which was a bit of fun. Um, but I actually don't have very, very many photos at all. Um, so I don't know if there's really much to, much to give, unless I wanted to, you know, throw it back on and, and go and do something. Right, well, oh, hey, maybe, yeah, your we'll audience see. seems
0: to be craving something here. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll see if if enough people start. Actually, I wouldn't say that. Otherwise, then people. Yeah, paint yeah,
0: no, no. <laughs> yourself into a corner here. All right, the the next one, I'm not sure. Right? there's a few of these. I feel like uh, you would know more than than I, but they were asked, so I'm gonna ask them. So Drew on Twitter is at RuneChant asks,
2: where is the smash with green tree splash reel, Alex? We posed for you. Yeah, so I mean. Like I've sort of been saying this whole time, I'm like super busy right now, but I'll try get that uh, get that sorted um, at some point, maybe for some future sort of promo. Um, but yeah, basically the Smash with Green Tree uh, team, they were there uh, at the Battle Hardened in, in Columbus, and they looked really good. They had their team jerseys on, and I thought this would be a great opportunity for them to, you know, go and go and pose and, and get the team together and and show, uh, you know, what what the team scene looks like uh, with flesh and blood it's cool you know it looks competitive looks professional they they're a bunch of awesome people and um uh, yeah it was just looked really cool so yeah as soon as i get the opportunity once uh you know start of the year is always very busy a lot of announcements a lot of little things to do but as soon as i get an opportunity i'm sure i'll find a spot to get something done there
0: Deaming, seeing a a common thread here of you have a life it's busy back off people uh (laughs) (laughs) all right next community question is not a request of you and some of some kind uh the tall timmy a friend of the channel love love him uh asks what (laughs) of course you know he went team what is the biggest fish you have ever caught and how big was it
2: i was on um the funder uh podcast in the states um and they were what do you do like, i like to go fishing you know um outside of it's like the you know the other big f in my life after uh flesh and blood is, is fishing so um yeah i basically the biggest fish i've ever caught i want to say now is uh is, is a kingfish we get them in new zealand um and my friends and I we we go off the rocks to try and and, and catch fish cuz we've all done fishing off boats before and it's sort of like too easy and a little bit like you know you drop a line in the water you get a fish it's it's not super fun but so we try to go out to um, well it is fun but you know we, we got a bit bored of it so we try to go out to sort of gnarly spots uh, on the New Zealand coastline and go for big fish so I went out uh, to one in the very north of New Zealand and got a kingfish which was about like 16 kgs um like about a meter just over a meter long um so yeah it's not like not a bad one but that's probably about half the size of the one that the goal is to get is like 30 kgs i don't know how much that is in pounds it's probably like i'm trying to do yeah. the yeah, math the conversion my head is i think
1: 2.2 it,
0: yeah yeah all right i was right i don't know how to convert that in my head yeah but so i'm
2: thinking like 70 pounds is sort of the the goal of of the fish okay. we want to get that's whereas i think the one i got might have been well like 35 fish. 35 40 or something um all right but yeah so it's it's a bit of fun and takes us to really beautiful scenic spots as well and yeah it's uh, it's cool. Excellent, excellent. Uh,
0: last community question comes from Tommy Fresh of the Fresh and Buds. He goes, "Does he think it's okay to beat a drunk person with a razor reflex?" Feels like I a story. Razor, razor reflex as well. <laughs>
2: <I> <laughs> yeah. Know we, yeah, yeah, we did. Um, so at the Battle heart in Columbus, uh, there was an alpha draft, um, and I was ah. lucky enough to to be able to play in that. And uh, I got paired up with Tommy um, for a, for a game afterwards. And uh, like, I'm I'm very much a casual Flesh and Blood player. Like like I said, I'm not uh by any means competitive like i play in the office and if i can get to an armory event i'll i'll do that but i still suck like i'm i'm not you know i'm not good um but i've been luckily i'd actually been playing uh some sealed uh in, in the office and I was playing Katsu and so I was like oh, I drafted drafted Katsu in the uh, alpha draft and went up against Tommy who had uh, it was a rhino and it was a good game a lot of back and forth and I sort of managed to like just just get him in the end with a with a yellow razor reflex and um because I'm, you know, I sort of, I go into most games sort of expecting to lose. And so <laughs> I got the, I got the win and I was like, yeah. And then, yeah, I think it was like on a Twitter post or something like that. Um, like after I'd left, uh, he was sort of saying, you know, oh, you know, hope to see you back sort of thing. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. It was a, it was a pleasure to, to raise a reflex here. you. <laughs> so yeah, just sort of a little bit of joking, but yeah, it was, it was a good night though. Excellent. Excellent.
0: Fun fact, Adam. I lost a game to a Blue Razor Reflex, and I am still salty about it. So, how <laughs> that happen? All right, uh, that uh, we did it. We made it. We made it. That is uh, that is all the questions I got for you. Um, awesome, Alex. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we. This is the spot where uh, if you have uh, links projects. Uh, you might have a small company you'd like to plug here. Uh, I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> you have a platform here. Let us know where we can find you and, uh, and all the good stuff there.
2: Yeah, so I mean um, LSS Alex is my sort of Twitter, I guess. That's where I'm, you know, trying to connect with the community on there. There's obviously a pretty good community on the on the Fab Twitter. Um, so that's probably the first one. Uh, otherwise, you know, fabtcg.com. Uh, if you need, a, you know, if you need any flesh and blood, I think everyone knows that. Um, in terms of uh, getting in contact, I mean, if you're a creator that hasn't already signed up for the content creator registration form, go ahead and do that. Um, uh, creators at fabtcg.com uh, for any of those uh, sort of inquiries as well and if you like fishing then uh, there's a channel called flow state fishing out there which uh, we're sort of just just starting to, to play around with so yeah that's uh, something you could look into if you, know, if you also happen to like playing cards and catching fish <laughs> but yeah that's uh, pretty much it
0: Excellent, excellent, and that was That, that is uh, creators at fabtastictcg.com, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, excellent, excellent.
0: Just a little got a little chopped up there. All right, you can find the Combat Chain, everybody. Uh, we're on YouTube. You can find us if you search at the Combat Chain. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, and click the bell notification to let us to uh, know when the latest episode is uploaded. We are available on all audio platforms wherever you stream your podcasts. Uh, again, the best way to support us is through our Patreon. You can find us at www.patreon backslash thecombatchain and can su- subscribe to us there. You can find us on Twitter, of course. The channel's handle is at thecombatchain. You can find me at PatSmishGood, and you can find Adam at FomTooleryTCG. Now. Alex, we have one more small piece of business that we like to do with our guests. Before we call it a day, uh, I like to close the show by saying until next week and uh, have our guests join us in unison in saying we're closing the combat chain. We like to ham it up and uh, have some fun with that. Is that something I can ask of you today?
2: Yeah, 100%.
0: Awesome, awesome. All right. Once again, thank you to Alex Norville content manager uh, for LSS for coming on to the program. It has been a blast having you and uh, that is going to do it for us this week. So, until next week, we're what closing the content <laughs> You know what? That's the best that's ever sounded in my years, which means it's probably garbage on your end. Adam, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that would came out, good. That, came it, out that, good. that was smooth. That was smooth. Thank <laughs> you.